Coming to you live from the most powerful city in the world. Welcome to the Sideline Junkies. Sponsored by Anchor FM. Take it away, fellas. Good evening and welcome to the Thursday night throwdown of the Sideline Junkies. Got my man Delonte. What's up? You know what? We got to change that. I got I got to introduce you better. I haven't been doing the proper justice. True. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've been thinking I'm going to try a few things and see what sticks. So once again, welcome to the Thursday night throwdown of the sideline junkies. We got the mighty, mighty DR. Yes, sir. What up? What up? Okay, we'll, we'll try that. I, I'll keep working. I'll keep working. Right. <laughs> then you got me, the big guy, KG. Uh, we got a packed show tonight, so let's jump right into it. Um, First off, hey, got Junie joining us, man. What's going on, Junie? Junie. What's the deal? What's the deal, fellas? What's going on? Man, we just getting started. Uh, little update real quick. Um, Gonzaga beat FSU to move on to the Elite Eight, waiting the uh the winner of Texas Tech and Michigan. Uh, Tennessee and Purdue are in overtime with a minute thirteen left. Uh, Purdue is up ninety one eighty six. So that's that. That's your NCAA. Um. Let's start it off real quick. Today is opening day in, in Major League Baseball. So, fellas, claim your team right now. Who's your team? Who's your baseball team? Uh, the Nets. We got to go with the Nets, baby. Oh, Home team. Oh, Lord. Well, I'm, I'm about to get a lot of booze. Uh-oh. I, but 25, this is my 25th year as a New York Yankee fan. So, I'm a Yankee fan. I've seen the ups. I felt some of the downs. I'm not used to losing. So, expect uh, CC Sabathia on his farewell tour to win the Cy Young this year. That that's pretty much how I feel. Um, bold prediction. (laughs) Speaking of the Washington Nationals, uh. Jeez, they took an L first game of the season today, 2 nothing, to my crosstown rival, the hated New York Mets. So, it's tough. Um, Let me see. Let me see if I can get a little stats here. What's the pitching look like? Uh, DeGrom, I believe is his name. He went six innings but gave up five hits. Had ten strikeouts, though. Uh... That's for the uh the, the the Mets, excuse me, that's for the Mets. Now the Nationals, Scherzer, seven and seven point two innings, two hits, two earned runs, three walks, twelve strikeouts, man. Jeez. But after Scherzer <laughs> got nothing else. But hey. Bryce Harper got booed today in Philadelphia. What? Yeah, because he struck out at his first at bat 
first at bat of a 13-year, $330 million contract. He got booed when he struck out. Hey, did Philly win? Uh, let me make sure. I don't think Philly won, but I hope let's, let's make sure. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Here we go. Yeah, they won 10-4. Dang. Oh, okay. They won 10 Uh What did Bryce do here? Hold on. Come on, work with me now. Well, yeah, Bryce Hoff, what did you do, buddy? Uh, three at-bats, one run, one walk. He didn't even get it. He didn't record a hit. So He probably tried to shake the cobwebs off. Of, but uh, you know Baltimore starting the season off looking bad again? Yeah. They lost too? Yeah. Bad. They lost to uh, – Shoot, they lost to the Yankees. Yeah. I didn't get I a chance to see that one. They put the first game of the season against New York, so they made it hard for them. But uh, I think at one time it was like 7-1. to one. Yeah, so, final was 7-2. Right. New York was putting a beat down on them earlier. Yeah. So they started the season off bad. Uh, the the uh, Nats lost, but they looked pretty good in the loss. I think they lost 2-0. And uh, they looked pretty good, though. I mean, geez. I mean, that's pretty much your local baseball scene from the sideline junkies. I mean, I, I really want to be more involved with uh, baseball this season. You, you know, with the Nats being right down the street, and I'm when I, I mean literally right down the street from us, uh, it's not hard for us to get to Baltimore, things like that. I, I really want us to go up there and show – you know, I, I'll, I'll – I'll, I'll don some Nats gear just to support you guys. But, I, I mean, I, I need that support when I say, hey, let's go to New York and catch a Yankee game. Hey, we got to make it happen. But you a Yankee fan, huh? Yeah. Uh, how, how? You might want to be a New England Patriots fan. Well, at the time, the Yankees weren't <laughs> – they weren't winning. So, and I became a Yankee fan to uh, much of my godmother's dismay because she's she was a diehard Baltimore Orioles fan. And she used to right. always tell me the one mistake I made with raising you is you came out to be a Yankee fan. She said, I still don't understand it. <laughs> I said, well, Derek Sanders and Jeter, that's it right there. Oh, yeah. You know what? No, nah, I, I wouldn't say it's really nothing wrong. It's like being like a, a White Sox fan or even a Red Sox fan. It's, you know, like you, you like who you like, you know. So, right, no doubt. I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. Well, you know, what's funny. I've had people question my loyalties, because, but I said, you know what? The Yankees are the only front-runner team that I like. You know, every other team I like is a, a underdog. You know, the Redskins aren't doing very well. I mean, granted, growing up, you used to go into the playoffs and being in contention for a Super Bowl. Uh, the Bulls haven't won a title in 20, going on 21 years. Oh yeah, you know the Caps just won their first Stanley Cup last year. So I mean, hey, I, I I all I can all I really hang my sports hat on right now is the Yankees, and I'm I'm used to them winning. So and, hey, I'm like Delonte to to each his own. I mean, that's your team. That's your team, though, for real. You know, we laugh and joke about different things, but hey, that's your team. That's who you support. Ain't nothing wrong with it. And that's yeah, and, and again, that's like no matter who you like, whether you like the, the you know anybody, no matter Broncos, Patriots, 
Jets. Steelers. Yeah, Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. It, it's, it's just when you are true diehard to those teams, it's like it's second nature to you pretty much. And that's like I can't I can't imagine Junie or you, Delonte, liking any other team other than the Steelers and the Broncos, respectively. Like I can't see y'all jumping ship and going with the front runner or something like that. Yeah. Hey, same here. I can't see you rocking nothing but that burgundy gold. So I agree with you saying. Yes, sir. I, I concur. All on right now. No doubt. So that's our little bit of NBA. Um, we was gonna take a break, but no, let's jump in it. I mean, that was MLB. Let's jump in the NBA real quick. Cause I, I, this is funny. I had to throw this in here, y'all, and then after that, we'll take a break. But in the NBA, I, the headline that popped up, the first headline that popped up, Jordan Bell suspended for detrimental conduct to the team, and they explained what the detrimental conduct was. He charged items at the team hotel to Mike Brown. Like you get suspended a game for that now for playing a prank. Yeah, because it was like it was some porn, wasn't it? I don't know exactly what it was. I, that's one thing I didn't find out what it was. Yeah, I think I read it was like porn. He he started. He was a couple porn videos to one of the coaches' credit cards. Wow! Man, I didn't get a hold of the coach's credit card. I have no clue. You got to mm. be careful with that because you know some. You know, I'm sure um, Coach Brown is married, and his wife might get it too. But like, oh, you on the road watching. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, snooty flicks? Like, you know. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I agree. As a grown man, he should take full responsibility. Yeah. And that really – now, Delonte said, like he said, if he's married, that ain't nothing to play with. So, yeah. you know, as a grown man, a professional athlete, you know, that's just something you just don't do. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, imagine, you know what I'm saying, like – it. Y'all, y'all coach of a team, y'all on the road, and, you know, one of the players or either another coach will have you, you know, pull a prank like that. And one, you know what I'm saying? One of y'all wives, like, see it and it says Pornhub or, you know, with whatever on there. Like, eh, why is wives a flip out? Got that right. Y- you know what? Her. Y'all put it in a, in a different light. Because me, I found it terribly funny. I mean, I did, but I was like, now you're saying it's porn. I'm like, okay, yeah. You, you don't know what kind of relationship he has with his wife. You don't know what his marriage entails. Man. I mean, me personally, that's like, okay, sideline junkies going on the road, and one of y'all charged my credit card and order porn. I mean, geez. It, it probably wasn't good anyway, but, yeah, I, I'm going to get you back for that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, Next time we go on the road and we gone somewhere for three days, I'm going to make sure you get a wake-up call every hour during the night. But I don't, now you put it in that context. I'm like, geez. But you got to think about the if he used his personal credit card, you got to think about the legal ramifications of that too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now that's different. I'm thinking that he charged it when they say he charged it to Coach Mike Brown. I'm thinking he charged it to his room. Now that's done a lot in the NBA, the NFL. It's done a lot with players to charge something to somebody else's room. You know, it whether it be room service. Um, food. I mean, you know, movies, whatever. But they'll, you know, that's done a lot. You just charge it to the room. 
But now this is now that's a little bit serious, more serious if he's charging it to his personal credit card. That's a tad bit more serious. And here's a little breaking news for you fellas. Um, Purdue just moved on to the Elite Eight. They just defeated Tennessee. Oh, wow. Congratulations okay. to the Boilermakers. 99-94. So, all right. That's our MLB, our NFL. Let's go ahead and take a break real quick, fellas. Um, Come back with a little bit of NFL. Just a little news and notes that came across the wire today. So, everybody sit tight. Keep listening. Check out our uh, our sponsor, the Black Tux. Don't forget to use that promo code. Listen to. Be right back. Like I always say, right back, like we never left. Man, now we we normally do NFL three and out on uh, Tuesday. On that ride on the mothership, the Tuesday night flight. But hey, it's a Thursday night throwdown. It's a party on the mothership. So we're going to do a little NFL three and out. Big news that came out today Greg Schiano steps down, abruptly steps down as defensive coordinator of the uh, New England Patriots. And yeah. That, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead because I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Maybe, you know, you living with a Patriots fan, I'm sure you get the, a little bit of inside, more inside scoop than I do. Well, um, you seen Titanic, and you yeah. know what happened to Titanic when the ship went down, and you know everybody froze in the water and all and all that. I think we might be reliving the times of Titanic with the New England Patriots franchise. Mm, really? Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, Tom, you know, they still got Tom and, and uh, Belichick, but no problem. Well, I mean, how long has it been? Almost 20 years on top. And before Brady got there, New England was still feared with Drew Bledsoe. You yeah, had Drew they, yeah, they were. Um, Terry Glenn, Vincent Brigsby, my man Ben Coates. I was a huge Ben Coates fan. Yeah. But you you had those guys, you know, and they were still feared. But Belichick did what he was – this – you know what? I'm going to say this about New England. New England, the run that they've had the last 20 years is what the Giants should have had when Bill Parcells stepped away. When he stepped away from the Giants – Bill Belichick was supposed to take over and he was supposed to have the Giants on top for 20 years. I'm supposed to hate the Giants the way I hate New England. True. True. So, but um, from what I'm reading, as far as Coach Ciano goes, they say it's, uh, he wants to focus on family and his faith. So he said it's nothing ha- nothing no event started it nothing happened and he just decided to step away he doesn't want to get 20 30 years down the line and say well I wish I would have did this or I wish I would have did that I'm trying to figure out what what caused him to quit like he he would How long has he been um the Patriots defensive coordinator February he just got hired last month 
I wanted the Belichick turn them off, but did the Robert Kraft thing turn them off? We probably like, wow, like these these Patriots, man, like they a lot of turmoil with this franchise, and he probably just didn't want to just uh, disassociate himself with it. Probably his hands. He probably like, yeah, no. Nah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this: if he ends up with another organization, I don't know. It's New England gonna be looking real funny in a light. I'm just mm. saying. You know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Because you step down from the D coordinator position now, being that he already has head coaching experience, and I'm not sure. Let me let me find out who else is on that staff, but. When Bill Belichick decides to hang it up, somebody has to take his space. So if you walked away from this for whatever reason to go take something else, yeah, it's something not 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 too good going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who we got? Let me see. Bill Belichick's your head coach, Josh McDaniels. Uh they don't have a wide receivers coach. I'm gonna see if I can apply for that. Mm, Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo. Like they don't. I'm looking at their coaching staff. They got a lot of vacancies. They don't have a wide receiver coach right now. They don't have a cornerbacks coach. I could pretty much do that. The defensive line coach, D coordinator. Hey man. Wow. You know what? How about this? See, this is this is where I need BJ at. We're gonna have to send the bat signal out for him. BJ should go up there <laughs> and take this job as defensive coordinator. And then, you know, we can get the sideline junkies. We can get on that staff, man. I don't I don't think nobody could could handle I mean, BJ coaches defense like 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 Greg Williams is pressure all day long. But I mean, you got this many vacancies. What would it hurt if we all applied? What's yeah. the worst thing? <laughs> would you really want to work for, um, and for New England? It, you know what? I would have to convince myself every day that I'm not working for the Patriots. That I'm working for a legendary coach and Bill Belichick. I'm working yeah. for one of the greatest D coordinators, one of the greatest you know assistants who started out as a special teams assistant and worked his way into a legend. And got eight rings, you know. Mm-hmm. That that's that's one of the one of the things that I I think I would have to focus on, just so I could say, you know, I'm not working for the Patriots. You know what? I'm allow me to play devil's advocate briefly. I would work there, but I mean, I wouldn't. In my in my mind, I would be like, hmm, all right, I, I'll I'll be here for maybe a season or two. And then I go on to like another organization, you know, take what I learned, you know, while working in New England, and I'll, I'll move on from there. Mm. So, yeah, I would do that. But if you notice, New England, they swap out coordinators like it's nothing sometimes. Yeah, and it, but it, it never changes. They, they Their defense is still, it, it'll struggle early on. And then mm-hmm. the A one down the stretch. I mean, me personally, I, I I would take the job. 
I don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just that pressed to be a D coordinator. That's all. I would love to do it, but I mean, I I, I really want to work with younger kids. I want to start at the bottom and work with the young kids. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, whatever going on with uh Coach Shiano, uh, whether it's personal, it's mental, whatever it is, uh, thoughts and prayers are with him. Through, uh, it seemed like it's a troubling time, so I, I I'll say through a troubling time. And yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> it's not much that can be said, but it, I, the, the true story, we got to give it a couple of weeks. And the true story of whatever's going on will come out if it's, you know, of course, if it's big. But even if it's not, if he said that, you know, it's just to focus on family and faith, mm-hmm. then let it be that. Oh, and, yeah. oh definitely. You know, let them be. On the second down, uh, Jordy Nelson. Jordy, Jordy, Jordy. Jordy, Jordy, Jordy decides to hang him up. I'm, I'm, I'm crushed. I will say that. Before uh, Jordy, um, before he tore his ACL a couple years ago, I called Jordy Nelson the best receiver in football. And everybody told me I was crazy because, well, Jordy, Jordy ain't better than AJ Green. He ain't better than Julio. I said, y'all looking at that because y'all know those names. Reason why I call Jordy Nelson the best receiver in football. One thing he does, if his quarter, when Aaron Rodgers got in trouble, what does Jordy do? Jordy breaks. He never comes back to the football. He move. he finds out which side Aaron's moving to, moves to that sideline. Aaron throws on a frozen rope. Boom. Right there. Jordy's not the fastest. He's not the biggest player. Um, he's only 6'3. He reminds me of Ed McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. That's who he reminds me of. And Ed McCaffrey was 6'5. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. But Ed McCaffrey was a he was a dope. He was a beast. Yeah, he was. Oh, this one the Super Bowl or two of them. Yeah. It was, Ed McCaffrey got three under his belt. Yeah, he do. He got one with uh, San Fran in 94, the two with y'all with the Broncos. Yeah. Say, man, championship pedigree in Denver, man. Yeah. Uh, Jordy, career highlights, um, Super Bowl champion, Pro Bowling 2014, second team All-Pro, NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, He won an SB for Best Comeback Athlete. He led the league in, in touchdowns in 2016. Uh, he went to K-State. He was an All-American in 2007 and first team All-Big 12 also in two, um, 2007. Uh, career stats, 613 receptions, 8,587 yards, 72 touchdowns, uh, uh, 1,436 return yards. So I, I'm, I'm not going to be biased and jump out there and say, you know, okay, well, Jordy's a, a Hall of Famer. No, I don't think Jordy will be a first ballot, second ballot. I think Jordy, Jordy will be about a fourth or fifth because he he's never going to get the credit that he deserves. Yeah, I have to agree, man. So, I, I just, I really don't think he's going to get that credit. Um, But I, if you could compare him, 
compare his numbers. I mean, you can pick out a lot of people to compare his numbers to. Speaking of which, um, when we go numbers wise, this is just numbers wise. Um, geez, I can't even compare him to Michael Irvin. So, uh, Michael Irvin got uh, less touchdowns, but more yards, and I believe mm. more receptions. So, eh, happy trails to Jordy Nelson. Oh yeah, definitely great career, man. And uh, you know we got a. Uh, encroachment. So we're gonna replay second down real quick. Um, speaking of Michael Irvin, he went to social media to uh, Instagram, and he's maybe battling throat cancer. He's being tested for throat cancer. I'm not sure what the results were as of yet, but prayers go up to the the, the playmaker. I mean, I, I've I'm I'm a diehard Redskins fan through and through. But one thing I'll never wish is I'll never wish bad things on any current or former cowboy player. That's one thing I don't. I mean, that's not a part of the rivalry. We 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 don't we not Philadelphia Eagle fans. You know, one thing you won't get from Redskin Nation is us wishing bad things on any cowboy player. But I I I just from the sideline junkies uh to Michael Irvin. Stay strong, brother. Um I, I know you said that you've battled you're scared, and you've never been scared of anything ever. This is one of the things that scare you. So, I mean, prayers up to you. You got the sideline junkies behind you, and you got a lot of fans, yes, whether they be cowboys or otherwise. So, just a quick reminder out there. Um, On the third down, speaking of the cowboys, Good transitions tonight. Good segues. Cowboys get Robert Quinn from the Miami Dolphins for a 2026 round pick, and then they plan on signing him to a one-year deal. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a prove-it deal. Don't you love those? Yeah. Now, Robert Quinn, defensive end, 6'4", 257, uh, out of North Carolina. He played with the St. Louis slash Los Angeles Rams from 2011 to 2017. Played with the Dolphins last year. Goes on over to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Two-time Pro Bowler, 13 and 14. First-team All-Pro in 2013. Pro Football Weekly NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 2013. In college, he was a second-team All-American in 2009. First-team All-ACC. In 2009, uh, career stats as of right now, 256 tackles, 69 sacks, 22 forced fumbles, two for- fumble recoveries, and one touchdown. That right there for a career is not a bad look. Yeah. I mean, numbers don't lie. No, nah, they don't. And... His career high in sacks was 2013. He had 19 sacks. Jeez. Killing. But, yeah, but he's he's fallen off uh, the last four years. He um, After having 19 sacks in 2013, 2014, he had 10 and a half. Uh, 2015, five. 16, four. 
17, eight and a half, and then last season he had six and a half for Miami. Maybe, just maybe, mm-hmm. uh, Bam, the Cowboys might re-energize him and he gets to that 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 apex, that DeMarcus Ware type thing <laughs> where, you know, you, you always in the backfield disrupting something, that Vaughn Miller level. Dare I say it, Ryan Kerrigan. You know, I, I'll put my man Ryan in that, so. I, I'm not gonna hate. I think it's a good move for the Cowboys. What you think? Um, I mean, it's a, again, it's a prove, it's a prove it deal. So you can't go wrong with that. I think for either party, for Quinn or the Cowboys, um, you know, it's it's just you know, let me see what you got. And, <laughs> you know, that's, that's how it should be looked at. You know, we're gonna give you a shot, but you need to prove yourself. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And I mean improve it deals. They they they're cap friendly. Always cap friendly. They're they they the players getting a little bit more guaranteed money, maybe not much bonus money, but all you gotta do is come out and show it. No everybody's getting tired of giving these players these big contracts and they never produce. And then you're stuck with them. Mm-hmm. I just ah man. Believe me. Being a Redskins fan, you know how that feels. I.e. Albert Hainsworth. Oh man, he was like. Then they give him like a hundred million dollars. A hundred million dollars. Man, good God, he wasted that money. He was a waste of money. Whew. And the one true season where he played, he had one good game. No, <laughs> two. But his best game was against the Bears, and the, the the game with D'Angelo Hall had the full picks. Wow, he manhandled their offensive line. I mean, he was angry. He was jumping over the line. He was getting to the quarterback, but he turned into a sour puss here. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, you got all this money. We were at the time we were running a four three, okay. Uh, Jim Zorn got fired. Boom. So Shanahan comes in. He changes to a three-four. He asks you, "Are you comfortable with that? Are you comfortable with playing the three technique? All you doing is holding your spot, letting them come to you. You're not pushing up field, not yet. And then when they come to you, you run stopping. Yes, I'm comfortable. You took your check. You went on. Then you come to camp. You're out of shape." Uh, you can't pass the conditioning test. I'm like, man, I would love to have this opportunity. Yeah, talk, man, who are you talking? The way the Redskins had to get rid of it, and then they paid the price with uh, the salary cap hill that they were put in by the lead, which I mm-hmm. thought was, I thought that was uh, very wrong and uncalled for. Oh yeah. To, Levy that type of um <laughs> that type of salary cap fine for something that happened in an uncapped year because it was a gentleman's agreement. But you know, you agreed not to overpay players, but we needed somebody. Same thing with the Cowboys; they needed somebody. They went out and got them. It was an uncapped year, uh, and then you know, uh, I can't remember which. Uh, I think it was John Mara. He the one that brought it up, and he wanted 
the Redskins fine. Of course you want the Redskins fine. Of course you want the Cowboys fine. You're going to cripple your division rivals. I, I thought that that was very, very uh, – I'll say it's a BS move. How about that? I'll leave it at that BS move. So, but what's done is done. Uh, we got smarter behind it. That was where the hiring of Bruce Allen came in. And we haven't had too many contracts that messed us up to the point where you can't get anything in the following offseason. So. Right. I mean, everybody ain't got it like you, Delonte. I mean, you got the great John Elway sitting up there. Man, tell me about it. I've been trying to school people. Nah, he, he went, you know, you know, learn how to pick a quarterback. Hopefully he got it right this time, but we shall see. Well, I, I think y'all got it right. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at y'all as a whole. I think the only thing you were missing last season was a, a more consistent run game. Like, if you had that breakout running back, you'd have yes, been sir. great, man. But, eh. Well, let's go ahead and take our final break, get a little moment, a uh, little word from um, Anchor. Then we're going to come back with the, 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 the main event of tonight's Thursday night throwdown. Top 10 boxes of all time, regardless of weight class. Like, I've been dying to dig. We we, we, we put this all. We supposed mm-hmm. to have did this last week. Got to get in here tonight. So, I hope you got your list ready, man. Yeah, it's ready. All right. All right, everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. And once again, right back like we never left for the final time tonight. Now. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, we decided we would take, and I, I got to thank the outside party for this, my man, Jew, because we've had this conversation quite a few times, and, I, you know, my, 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 my top ten of change, and it all started because I was asked, was uh, Floyd Mayweather top ten all time? And I said, regardless of weight class, and hey, I was like, nah, Floyd Mayweather's not even top 20, regardless of weight class. So, nah. So, this right here is our, this is our personal, this is our opinions, top 10 boxes of all time. This is not broken down by weight class. Now, maybe in a, a future date, we'll go through and we'll break it down by weight class, but this is top 10 boxes. All time, Delonte. Yes, I'm gonna sir. go ahead and give you the floor, man. It's all yours. All right, uh, number 10, we're going with Thomas the Hitman Hearns. Number nine, I'm going with Evander Holyfield. Number eight, I'm going with Julio Cesar Chavez. Number seven, gotta go with uh, Flo Joe Frazier. Number six, uh, this might be a shock, but I'm going to go with Manny Pat. Uh, number five, I'm going with 
Oh, Lennox Lewis. Number four, going with Oscar De La Hoya. Number three, I'm going with B Hop. Number two, I'm going with Sugar Ray Leonard. And number one, I'm going with Tyson. Not a bad one. Not a bad one at all. Who was your number eight again? I was writing them down. Uh, number eight was, hold on. It wasn't a grander. Number eight was uh, Julio Cesar, Cesar Chavez. Chavez. All right, there we go. Now, for me, uh, number 10, Archie Moore. I mean, he got 131 knockouts all the time. You can't say he's not top 10. He's the only man to fight Muhammad Ali and Rocky Marciano. So anybody want to come at me about Archie Moore, make sure you know your stuff. Um, Number nine, Marvin Hagler. Number eight, Tommy Hearns. Number seven, Evander Holyfield. Number six, Joe Frazier. Number five, Roy Jones. Uh, Number four, Sugar Ray Leonard. Number three, Mike Tyson. Number two, Muhammad Ali. And number one all time, pound for pound, the greatest boxer to ever put on a pair of gloves, Sugar Ray Robinson. Hmm. That's yeah, that's pretty impressive. And But now... You put Bernard Hopkins on. I was trying to figure out where to put Bernard Hopkins because he dominated the division for 10 years, man. Okay. I, I, I got to put him just outside of the, the, the top 10. I got to give him number 11. Um, Looking at, I mean, you got a lot, lot. Like, I didn't get Julio Cesar Chavez. I didn't. Him and Hector Camacho, they, they, they got to be top 15. Uh, yeah. They, they they got for me they got to be top fifteen because I just they they were so great man jeez only one on your list that I would have to put a little bit lower and it hurts me to say it I mean it it hurts me to my core and that's Lennox Lewis and the only reason why I say that yes he defeated every legend of his time of his era but he defeated them. When they were on a decline, he defeated Holyfield when Holyfield was on a decline. He defeated Tyson when he was on a decline. Yeah, uh, yeah. He never got a chance to take on Riddick Bow. I think he would have defeated Riddick Bow easy. Yeah, even though Riddick Bow, he beat didn't he beat Holyfield? Yeah, showing sure up did because they had three fights. I think he beat. Hold on, let me make sure I got that right. I want to say he beat him once. Yeah, he beat him once. Because Holyfield, uh, Holyfield took him out, and then yeah, you know yeah. that we we talked about that uh, last week. Mm-hmm. How uh, after that Holyfield fight, he just he wasn't the same. After the, I think it was the second one, he wasn't the same. Nah. And that's the only loss of his career was to Evander Holyfield. Wow. He because no, he, he think, also. Didn't he fight Rockman? He beat Holyfield twice. I'm sorry. Oh wow! Nah, he didn't. He, he, uh, Lennox Lewis fought Rockman, and that 
that first fight in South Africa, Lennox Lewis was not ready. He was playing around. Yeah, he came in overweight. And Rockman caught him with that overhand right, and that was it. But then he came back. Rockman talked all that trash. And he beat Rockman in four. So, I, I, but it's funny because around that time that he beat Rockman, that's when uh, William Joppy, that's when they had the, the, the super middleweight tournament. Uh, you had Fernand, not Fernando Vargas, you had, uh, it was B-Hop, uh, Trinidad, Jermaine Taylor, all those guys that had that tournament. And uh, 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 Trinidad dismantled William Joppy. And he put him down. Because I, I thought, you know, with Trinidad moving up, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to uh, beat no dag on William Joppy. He beat him pretty bad. Hmm. And then I think maybe like a week later, uh, Lennox Lewis beat Rockman, and I went to work the next day, and they was like, "This dude, he used to wear hobo everything. Good friend of mine used to wear hobo t-shirts, hobo shorts, hobo socks. Yeah, man. And he was like, he ain't want to say nothing. So another guy said, "Man, everybody that's on hobo getting knocked out was good. Like he was quiet like for a week after that. Mm-hmm. But." I just, I, I never, I, I never, I never believed in rock bomb, put it that way. No, no, no. No. I, I mean, no diss to rock bomb, but I mean, he got lucky. Let's keep, let's keep it funky. He got lucky. Mm-hmm. The greatest thing that uh, Lennox Lewis ever did Hiring a great Emmanuel Stewart. Yeah. That that that's the greatest thing he ever did because one thing, if Oliver McCall knocked you out, that's a problem. But he showed that he had a weak chin. Mm-hmm. And when he got with Emmanuel Stewart, Emmanuel Stewart did the same thing for the Klitschko brothers because uh Vladimir had a weak chin. Vitaly was strong. Vladimir was uh the the he's the more heralded champion. But he had a weak chin because Corey Sanders knocked him out twice. Well he knocked him down twice. He knocked him down once and then knocked him out. So but when they got with Emmanuel Stewart, they stopped getting knocked out. They ruled the heavyweight division for what, five to seven years? Mm-hmm. Manny Stewart teach you how to tuck that chin. Yeah, they do. Um, looking at both of our lists, I, I I agree with you on Pacquiao. Pacquiao is just an absolute animal. Um, I just I, I hate to see him and Floyd fighting now when this fight should have happened maybe about ten years ago. Yeah, even when they fought some years ago, was you could tell they were like kind of like out of their realm. It wasn't even entertaining. Kind of tragic, for real. You, you remember, and I, I remember this. I remember because I said that uh, Floyd would lose to Pacquiao because this is when Pacquiao was at his height. Um, 
he had the fights with Eric Morales, and you know he was just going through punishing people. And Floyd didn't want to fight Pacquiao in Asia, but Bob Arum told him, "You can clear two hundred million a piece. That's four hundred million dollars. You're gonna clear two hundred million instead of you coming and fighting in the states and only clearing sixty, seventy million, dude. You're gonna clear two hundred right. easily." If we do it over in Asia, Floyd didn't want to do it. Then Floyd came out and said he wanted to do the uh, the Olympic drug testing. That right there, ah, that is like the worst thing in boxing because they have to draw blood so many times. It takes away from your training, and it also is going to – they got to do it the night of the fight. So it's going to take away from your stamina and what you prepare for. And Floyd would have got the upper hand. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think Floyd's used to Olympic drug testing. So that's one of the things that held it up. If that would have never happened, I think that that would have probably been one of that, that probably would have been the fight of the century. At that time. Yeah, I agree. And looking at uh at your list, speaking of Floyd, Money Mayweather, I don't see him in your top ten. Nah, he's honorable mention. Honorable mention. Yeah, honorable mention. Hmm. Him, uh, and, him and Felix Trinidad are my two honorable mention guys. I can't hate on that. I mean, I, I got it. I give one of my honorable mentions to uh, Bernard Hopkins, but I, I you know. I give Floyd Mayweather such a hard time sometimes. And only reason why I give him a hard time because I know he just playing with these guys. Like I know I I know Floyd can drop you if he want. But he plays with you so you get your money worth. And I sometimes I just I want to see him come into a fight when I know somebody's not in this class. I'm like, young, stop playing with him. Just just, just put him down. Right. But, I mean, that's not his style. He's a de- great defensive puncher. And I- I'll say that, and a couple of years ago, I would have never said that. I, I would have, you know, told you that off air, behind closed doors, um, soundproof room, so it's only me and you, so it's your word against mine. Right. But I'm not going to hate. Um, The whole thing with Conor McGregor, I don't feel he should have ever took that. I just – I wanted to see – if Floyd going to dominate the division like he is, I wanted to see him dominate it the way Roy Jones did. Roy Jones would play with you, but Roy Jones, he would drop you too. Right. And, you know, and <laughs> we uh, – I, I talked to a coworker. I talked to Jill about it, and I, we were talking about um, Roy Jones versus Bernard Hopkins a second time. You know, but if he would have joined that super middleweight tournament, but that, the reason why uh, they had that super middleweight tournament because Roy Jones stepped up to light heavyweight and hung out there. And then Roy Jones skipped over cruiserweight, went right to heavyweight and dominated John Ruiz. And that's an, that's that's another fighter, boy. I, I can, I'm just going to rattle off fighters and just <laughs> stop for a second. John Ruiz used to always have a problem and would always file a lawsuit Whenever he lost, he never felt that he lost fan square. Right. 
I'll, I'll never understand it, man. Never understand it in all my life. But he got dominated by Roy Jones, then filed a lawsuit. And then they wound up stripping Roy Jones of the heavyweight title because nobody wanted to challenge him. Hmm. I'll never understand that. And you know he's still fighting. Roy Jones still fighting, right? Of course. 50 years old, still fighting. Yeah. What's that song? Y'all must have forgot. <laughs> Man. Now, that's enough. Roy Jones, another dude that had some great fights. He, him and Bernard Hopkins in 93. Uh, him and James Tony in 94. Um, him losing to Montel Griffin, then come back and beat Montel Griffin. Uh, man. Only fight that, that, that I watched of uh, Roy Jones that made me kind of scared was that first Tarver fight. Yeah. Because he won that by luck. But then Tarver came back and dropped him. So. But. I, I'll just. Uh, I just wish that. Uh, Roy Jones would have. Kept on going where he was going. And just kind of. Walked away from the sport. A little bit. But yeah. eh, it's fine. Losing to Antonio Tarver, Glenn Johnson, and Antonio Tarver again. So yeah, eh, pretty bad, pretty bad. But he's still one of the greatest. Oh, no question. Uh dang, he, he fought um Felix Trinidad? Hmm. Yep. I did not know that. That was the last fight of Trinidad's career. Mm-hmm. He fought uh, Joe Calzaghi. Wow. Yep. I forgot all about um, Calzaghi. He fought Jeff Lacey. Hmm. Damn. Yeah, man. And he did. He fought. He fought Bernard Hopkins a second time. Yeah. Um. I can't remember who won that fight, but yep. Um. Bernard Hopkins won unanimous decision. Oh yeah, he did. He did. Look, I had to look that up because, it, you know, you remember fights like that, but that's a fight that I don't remember. That fight happened nine years ago, and I don't remember it. Yeah, and I know, like, the uh, the reception and, like, the turnout was pretty low because they were, like, you know, they were considered, like, old and ancient by then. Then their fir- the first time they fought, oh, classic. Hmm. Huh. But that second time, the old version? Nah, bro. 
Nah, that was. Uh... Wow. Then uh, Jones did. He stepped up the cruiserweight. I mean, I I'm just going through his fights and everything, and who boy. Let's just say Roy Jones is sixty-six and nine all the time. And he he's he's had some fights. I mean he won the one, two, three, four, the last four. And he just fought a year ago, February eighth, two thousand eighteen. That might have been his last fight. For good. Years old. Yeah. He said that was his final fight. Yeah. Well, I mean, geez. But one thing I can say about Roy Jones, he put on a daggone show. Now, see, Bernard Hopkins, Bernard Hopkins just beat your brains in. <laughs> he mm-hmm. said, I'm going to beat your brains and I'm going to get this win and I'm going home. Roy Jones a uh, 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 systematically break you down, play with you, put on a show, and then knock you out. But that's what made Roy Jones great. That's what made Bernard Hopkins great. So true. That's what I will say. Um, geez. I guess we done held these people uh long enough. Go on, get up out of here and get ready for Friday. Yes, sir. And and you know, we got uh Two more games in progress right now. Oregon and Virginia are at it right now. Oregon, um, Virginia's up 7-5 on Oregon. And Michigan, Texas Tech, Texas Tech's up on Michigan 22-16. to And they're closing out the first half. So Okay. All right, Texas Tech. Half of the Elite Eight about to be set. So we got – uh. Sweet 16 action tomorrow, right here in D.C., Duke versus Virginia Tech, and mm-hmm. uh, that's the late game, 9.30. Um, Michigan State versus LSU, which is the early game. So I'm anxious to see those, of course. Then you on the other side, you got uh, the Midwest bracket, UNC versus uh, Auburn, and Kentucky versus Houston. So... Got a lot going on, lot, lot, lot. Um, oh, yeah, and, good games. Yes, indeed. And then we got the Elite Eight this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So you got the Elite Eight, and the Final Four will be next week, April 6th. That'll be next Thursday, I believe. Yeah. You got the Final Four and the championship game Friday, Saturday. Wow, they put the championship game on a Saturday. Hmm. Last year it was it was a Monday night. Yeah, it was during the week. Hey, I'll take it. I'm, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm lucky, it'll be Duke UNC. That that'll be a hot ticket. Um, that's my pick. Yeah. It, it'll take us back. Those of us that live in this area, we remember watching. Maryland versus uh, North Carolina twice a year. Remember watching sometimes three times a year they met in the ACC tournament. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Merlin versus Duke two, three times a year. Sometimes it, one year it was four times because they met in the ACC tournament, then they met again in the NCAA tournament. I mean, those right there, no matter how good or bad either team is, you know it was a and a slobber knocker in my good old JR voice. Right. So, <laughs> Shout out to JR. It, it makes me it makes me miss the basketball that we grew up with. Those rivalries, um, Georgetown Syracuse, uh, Georgetown UConn, Syracuse UConn, Georgetown St. John's, you know, things like that. And you got the Big East tournament in Madison Square Garden. And you got UConn comes in that thing and puts on a show every year. Mm-hmm. What was that? Uh, Syracuse, seven overtimes. Like, that right there, that those are classic games. I I miss those type of games right there. Oh no question. But oh, before I get up out of here, let me let you know this now on air. I'm gonna let you know, let everybody else know. Listening, Saturday, it's gonna be nice here in the DMV, Westfield Community Center. We playing outdoors this Saturday. You in Delonte? Um, to be decided. Okay, I can deal with that because uh, I'm not. I, I probably won't show up until about oh uh, man, about one twelve thirty one o'clock. Okay, because I got some things to do in the morning, so it'll be about twelve thirty one o'clock for me. And right. but it, it, hey, anybody need the address? Hit the sideline junkies up. At least you'll you, you know you'll have one sideline junkie and a few fans out there. But yes, it's gonna be nice. Everybody get out. Let's enjoy the weather. Be safe. Um, of course, next episode coming from the Sideline Junkies will be Saturday. That's uh, your Saturday Night WrestleManiacs with the People's Choice, Don Rodriguez, and myself. Of course, we're going to recap everything that happened this week in the world of wrestling. And we got a lot to get into. I swear we do. So... With that being said, as usual, Delonte, the mighty, mighty DR. Thank you, sir. Hey, man, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, man, I, hey, can't ask for better partners than you guys, man. Thank you to Junie. Uh, hey. BJ wanted to be here. Eight, that, that eight to eight was calling, so, you know, hey, money never sleep in this family, son. Yeah. Um, Rick Jim on special assignment. Hopefully we can get him back soon. Yeah. And and because I, I need to hear how he feel about these Lakers. I, I know he's passionate about his Lakers, so I want to hear what he has to say. Right. So that's all our time to the next time. Sideline Junks will be back at you Saturday night with the WrestleManiacs. Junkies out. Peace. This has been another Sideline Junkies production, sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.